Welcome to the Stephen and Arjun's Football Podcast, where they discuss anything football, everything football. This podcast is brought to you by Starshot Bakery and Misuboy SG. Craving for party treats like cakes and cookies in Subang Jaya? Visit starshot.bakery on Instagram. Or would you like tiramisu in Singapore? Visit misuboy.sg on Instagram as well. Hello listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Stephen and Arjun Football Podcast. Uh, today, we are finally back at full quota again. Back on the show is my co-host, Stephen. Stephen, welcome back. Hi. Hi, everyone. And also our long-time guest, uh, Uday. Uday, welcome back as Hi, well. Hi, yes. Yeah, um, now I have to discuss with Stephen on changing the name, Stephen. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I already signed the contract with Arjun, now I have to sign it with Steven, you know, <laughs> and change the podcast name. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, sure, it's our pleasure. And also, um, the, we have a good range of topics to discuss today. Um, starting off with, of course, uh, the first thing we'll discuss today is uh, how Liverpool and City are going head-to-head uh, of sorts in three competitions, uh, Champions League, semi-finals. FA Cup semi-finals and of course in the Premier League where Liverpool and Man City are the top two uh, and are the two favourites uh, probably the only two teams who still are in it with a shout to win the title this season um, so Stephen being the Liverpool fan I'll pose this question to you first um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, first, first of all as a Liverpool fan which of these three competitions do you think realistically that uh, Liverpool have a upper edge over Man City, and which ones do you think Liverpool might find a hard time against City? Uh, um, or do you think Liverpool have a upper edge in everything? Okay, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, to be very honest, at this juncture where we are having the 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 international break. And after seeing the performance of the past one month of Liverpool and City, I really feel that Liverpool has the upper hand in all three competition over City. Wow. Um, yeah. And I, I feel that the, the signing of Luis Diaz was very important because it also reflects um, how we managed to strengthen our bench. Whereas for City, they still, have, they still haven't solved their you know, centre-forward uh, gap. And that is evident in the in the past few games against uh, Palace, you know, where they drew new new. Uh, and also Tottenham, where, where they lost let's lost to Tottenham uh, a few weeks ago. Um, so yeah, I feel if you if you ask me if you were well, to ask me to choose a competition where I feel Liverpool had played, I'll feel it's the Premier League because there will be a lot of teams where um, mid table team where they will be sit back against City and that will cause City problems, I feel, more than the problems that they will cause Liverpool because, um, you know, as you can see against Arsenal, if the front three doesn't work, then we have a bench of Diaz, Jota, Firmino coming in to, 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 to support attack. Um, where I see the City has an advantage will be the Champions League, I feel. Um, but... But the reason is not because of City. It's because I feel Liverpool has to play Bayern Munich. 
um, in the semi-final. So that will be a big challenge for a uh, big hurdle uh, for Liverpool to cross before, before being able to play City, potentially playing City in the final. Yeah, so City side, on the other hand, looks, uh, I would say, easier. They had to play at the Atletico, which, you know, as you all mentioned, it's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, against Chelsea, uh, Real, Real just lost 4 against Barcelona, so maybe Chelsea. Um, I feel City is stronger than Chelsea, so yeah, that 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 semi-final route on, on the other side looks better compared to the one that Liverpool is gonna take. So yeah, uh, Liverpool has an advantage in Premier League, and then Champions League is probably uh harder like, for Liverpool to win. I feel. Um. Yeah. Fair. Fair analysis. I guess. Um. Ude, what do you think about that as a United fan? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's quite uh, wild actually for someone to actually do that. I think uh, not a few teams or very few teams have actually uh, gotten a quadruple as well as a treble. Um, I was just going to ask Stephen, don't you think the like you said, the fact that Man City has a kinder picture run in the Champions League. Uh, they also have a kinder run in the Premier League as well. Um, of course, teams will sit deep, but the best teams in the in the league or the champions of the league usually find a way to grind out victories. And more times than often, Man City does that. Um, Liverpool still has to play. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, they have to play Man City. Liverpool also has to play... I mean... MU is not a big team anymore, but MU still can spring in some surprises here and there. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Liverpool still has to play Spurs as well. Um, so Sorry, Uri, what, what, what surprise did MU spring this season? I mean, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> nothing this season, of course, but um, the last season, there was a very interesting match between MU and Liverpool at the tail end of last season. Remember, MU was leading and then Liverpool had to come back. Uh, I was expecting MU to beat City. That didn't happen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Everyone was supposed to beat City. Yeah, that's a different thing altogether. So I don't know. I feel, I feel that Man City uh, might actually have the better option to win the cups, all the cups actually. But again, I think I mentioned this earlier. It's actually uh, City's to lose. Like sorry, Liverpool's to lose. Uh, they can actually the fact that they have the form, the fact that they have the players. Uh, Liverpool actually might nick it, but I feel Man City still. I mean, I've been saying Man City since the start and I think I'm just going to stick by it and say that Man City is going to win all, at least the Premier League and the Champions League. I don't know about the FA Cup. Um, I would like Chelsea or someone else to win it so that, you know, they don't, all of them, don't, both the teams don't have a clean sweep of all the cups. Uh, but that's my take on the, on what's going to happen in the upcoming months. I think, I think as a neutral, you would, you wouldn't want uh, one team to win it all, uh. Of course, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. That's boring. I feel like um, to be honest, the way the way it's going, I feel like in the Premier League, uh, despite City having a, I guess easier fixture run, some uh, like a minor point advantage as well, uh, but they still have to face Liverpool, and I think in the Premier League, always the the team who's like catching up has the advantage who's in second place chasing 
because you have nothing to lose. And for that reason, I think I feel like Liverpool have the edge in Premier League. Whereas in the Champions League, uh, I think as Stephen pointed out as well, I think Man City has the edge. Um, because of a kind of draw. Yes, kind of draw, exactly. And also because Man City will be very desperate to win a competition that they haven't won. Whereas Liverpool might be more focused in trying to add to a Premier League. And because of that, I think it may work out in that favour. As for the FA Cup, mm-hmm. I don't back uh, Liverpool to win it. Um, City might win it just because they have a slightly better um, squad depth. But yeah, Chelsea might make it off uh, either one of these teams. Because I, 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 I mean, Chelsea don't have anything else much to focus on other than... You all just want to throw it to be spread out, right? <laughs> Sorry? You all just want a trophy to be spread it out. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think it, it will be spread out. <laughs> I feel that. I mean, it's really hard, Steven. I mean, when you reach the tail end of the season to actually continue your momentum throughout. Of course, when you have the winning mentality and you keep on winning. But, I mean, eventually one of them will fall short. I mean, if either of them, even Liverpool, actually get the quadruple, kudos to them. Honestly, like, it's very few teams have done it, so I'll be. I'll actually be like. I will actually on live air say congratulations to Liverpool. You did a great job. I mean, if you want me to, if they win all four, it's not a lot of teams that do, that can do that. It's it's not it's not not a lot of teams. I think none. No English team have done that before. Uh, yeah. Actually, no. No English team has done that before. I think the closest and yeah. with the travels. Yeah, Ure, to answer your question regarding the just now you mentioned about City having an easier running. I mean, I mean like we mentioned that three games week, three match week before, you know, before the Palace game, before the Tottenham game, before the Everton game. Um yes, we see that MU has a uh, sorry, City has a easier running, but then this is what is calling City to trip up and, and start to drop points, isn't it? You know, you see that um they they had a slender win over Everton, which should have been a 1-1 draw. <laughs> had a referee saw the Rodri handball. Yeah. Uh, MU aside, yeah. you know, they lost against Tottenham and then they drew against uh, Palace. So, they are starting to, we're starting to see that they, they are dropping points against smaller teams rather than the bigger teams. See? So, that is what is um, giving me confidence lah, in terms yeah. of, hey, actually this uh, easy running is actually being a disadvantage against City, you see. Yeah, that's how mm-hmm. I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I I would actually be interested to see how City managed to go through all of this. You can clearly see some cracks. But this, what you were talking about, how Rodri was supposed to uh, be, uh, as in the referee should have given him a handball when, when he handled the ball. These are the kind of uh, moments that somehow uh, make teams become champions. It's all these small, small, weird incidents that happens. I mean, during Ferguson time, there were a lot of incidents that happened throughout. Um, I don't know whether Liverpool has a lot of luck this season. Uh, good luck to them trying to beat Man City. So, that's my take with regards to that. Speaking about this, uh, had, had Rodri's handball been penalised, Liverpool will be top by now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Then the pressures on Liverpool... And then the discussion will be different altogether. Yeah, that's fair. Mm. So, um, 
now going on to the next topic if you all don't have anything else to add to this topic um uh, uh, bruno fernandez um uh, contract renewal i think stephen was a little bit surprised by that um during our yes your message this morning yeah you were a bit surprised um could you can elaborate why you were a bit surprised and why you would have expected him to maybe leave <laughs> and why why do you think you would have gone to <laughs> well um we all know recently and he hasn't been doing that well you know yeah. and then and then um uh, and then ever since bruno joined of course he has elevated and to another level uh in terms of their creativity in the final third as a as a creative midfielder you see but you know and you still still four shot lah you know last season in the europa league and then coming second in the league and then uh, losing random games here and there and then you can see that bruno has always been coming up uh to give interviews saying that mu need to improve and you know mu need to be challenging for title instead of you know uh finishing second place or losing the semi final stuff like that so you can see that he's very vocal and he wants to be challenging for the for the trophies at the tail end of the season uh he wants to be a team that is that has been be able to compete so so you know every time he make this kind of remark Uh, you know, it's music to my ears. <laughs> <laughs> But well, that's why I'm surprised that you know he is willing to. Of course, he he looks like he will be. He he is a loyal MU player. But then again, you know, uh, the, the 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 urge to challenge a trophy and the, the you know the you know he wants to win trophies. May sway him to leave MU eventually, like if MU continues to uh, hover around that fourth, sixth position in mm-hmm. a, in 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 the next few years, you see. And 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 Bruno is not getting any younger. Yeah. So so I don't know. I thought that he would. That's why I have been always asking uh, Ude and yourself this question: where you know, if MU is not challenging for the next two years, do you think mm-hmm. Bruno will leave? And and you yourself told me that Bruno might leave. You know. Yeah. If Emmy continues this, you know, trajectory of you know hovering between fourth and sixth, that's why I'm surprised that he's actually willing to sign a contract now mm-hmm. when the future is a bit unclear. Uh, Emmy's future is unclear in terms of manager, in terms of playing style, in terms of even if their recruitment in the future uh, is very unclear at the moment. Uh, and he's willing to to commit to Emmy currently. I feel it's a it's a very big win for Emmy lah. To to risk his career. So yeah, yeah, that, yeah, correct. Um, Udi, do you have any comments on that? All I gotta say is legends don't leave the clubs when they're doing badly. <laughs> is that a is that a shot at uh, the likes of Fernando Torres and Luis Suarez? You all, you all think what you all want to think. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> any any rebuttal to that, Stephen? Uh. Is that also Torres right? and Torres are not legends. Oh wow, they're not legends. <laughs> <laughs> I think there will be a lot of Liverpool fans that would uh, actually disagree with you. <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> no, honestly, like I, 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 I really have nothing much to say. I think, yeah. I mean, we've seen his aggression, Bruno. I've seen how, um, 
great he is as a Manchester United asset. I see that quite a number of times is him pulling the strings, but Manchester United not uh, playing around to his tune. I've always mentioned how MU should build a team around him. I even previous podcast indicated that MU should play Bruno as a false nine and you know let him be the orchestra of the whole attack. That would have been something interesting to see in Manchester United. But um, since the arrival of Ronaldo, uh, definitely has impacted Bruno's output, his performance a bit. Even the whole team around him isn't really playing to his tune. Everyone's trying to play the Ronaldo tune. So, uh, great for MU for keeping him for with the contract. And let's see, hopefully, with the new manager, he can perform to the heights at which he was promised to perform. Yep. Arjun, okay. if, yeah. if uh, Bruno did not sign a contract, if mm-hmm. I offer you 85 million for Bruno now, would you have, would you have, would you have a set offer? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, because right. if a player doesn't sign a contract, to me, I feel like it's either you commit or you get out. True. Somebody should tell that to Salah right now. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, yeah. Pogba is leaving, is it? Pogba leaving, Arjun? I hope so. <laughs> the, wow. The saga has gone on for long enough. The so will he leave, won't he leave, and I'm sick of it. So like, he recently he recently gave an interview, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, uh, but also not just the news that Bruno signed his contract, but he almost doubled his wages. Uh to his current the new contract value is 240k euros, which for a player like him is not too bad. But oh, yeah. So I don't know whether I don't know, I'm still concerned about the culture at Man United, uh, where you know they give a players uh insanely high amount of wages. Um the likes I mean Ronaldo is the highest earner right now, is at 510 games. That's probably justified for the amount of commercial revenue he brings in. But starting from the next person on the list, like we have three players above 300k, David De Gea, Jaden Sancho, and Rafael Maran. This, I don't know, I, I feel it's a bit um, ridiculous that we are willing to pay players so much. Um, it's also part of the problem why players who, are, who want to come to United are you know, mostly only attracted by the wages. So what do you guys think about that? I mean, clearly David De Gea deserves like 300,000 <laughs> a week. The fact that he's been saving Manchester United's like backside as for like the last few years. Um, yeah, that the culture's not right. I guess it's the Manchester United way of this. Uh, spending money to fix problems. Uh, since post Ferguson, we have spent a lot of money on unnecessary signings on like high wage for players and it still doesn't. It still hasn't worked, and still haven't fixed it until now. Um, I thought somebody else would have already solved it, but clearly it hasn't. We even had like a Jose Mourinho manager, like a no holds barred kind of manager who likes control and everything, but even he couldn't fix that. So I don't know, or I don't see how MU can fix that unless we change the owners altogether and cha- and do that. Um, Jaden Sancho, I mean, if he can emulate his form in, in Dortmund, I think well deserves as well. Um, 
Varane, maybe this season hasn't shown that he's quite good. But again, so far, I feel like David Dea at least deserves that. Uh, but I think part of the problem why we feel like Dea yeah, deserves that is also because the wage structure is already so high that we have to play yeah. Dea even higher. So, you know, yeah, you're right. To you're right. That he deserves it. But yeah, if the yeah, wage structure true. was like proper, uh, you know, Dea, Dea should probably be earning somewhere like 250k, not more than 300, I would say. And yeah, okay. probably almost everyone else, bar maybe Cristiano Ronaldo, has to be, you know, below that. Yeah, that's true. That makes sense. Steven, any thoughts? I feel, I feel hearing you all saying this, I feel I have one point to me. Like, I feel that we should sell Ronaldo or, or maybe um, in the next two seasons when Ronaldo is, get, is old enough, get rid of him and start to pay wages according to uh, how good a footballer they are. You get what I mean? Instead yeah. of their commercial value. I, I think there's a few problems with that because... Uh, yes, you're right, definitely. I think when Ronaldo came, when we had this podcast, we also mentioned that uh, his main reason is for the commercial value, you know, the commercial benefit that he brings, not really the football. But the problem with doing that is also that the whole entire squad is in like a disproportionate wage structure right now. So it's very hard for you to, you know, start to make it um, more, I, I guess, reasonable unless you, you know, change the whole squad or almost the whole squad. So then, you know, you lose a lot of investments, a lot of uh, young players, good players that you've paid money for uh, just because you want to get rid of the wage structure. So, I, I, I don't know. I don't really have an answer to how a new manager can do this better. But, yeah. I mean, we're also just talking about this in Manchester United's perspective. Now, the fact that the other owners, like in Man City or so, I'm sure, I mean, they're not, their wage bill is not as bad as Manchester United, but having owners who have like fundings from like the government, like Newcastle uh, owners who have funding from the Kings, you know, all these things yeah. have huge contributions uh, towards all this weight structure. Even PSG also has a really uh, strange weight structure or weight system <laughs> that you're talking about. Yeah. So like when Newcastle right now is on board, like I can see this whole thing becoming even worse with the new owners in Newcastle, uh, God knows what's going to happen in Chelsea as well. So, I mean, it's clearly Manchester United is part of the problem. Don't know whether we started it, but um, I don't see it being fixed anytime soon. I don't think any manager, like what I just said, I think any manager can fix it. I, I guess the one consolation that we can take with United is that the wages we pay are from United's revenue, mostly. Yeah. Uh, and not like the likes of Man City where, you know, it's the owner pumping in money. Yeah, I mean, that, that's another discussion. But yeah, yeah. I mean, in a way, yeah. <laughs> you know, to be fair, everyone is aren't really using their own money. But that's another discussion. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, we don't have a Man City fan for us to zing to it. But any Man City <laughs> listeners out there. Yeah, okay. So, if uh, y'all don't have any, any other comments, we'll move on to our last uh, topic, which is Going to the World Cup playoffs, um, a shock result last night where North Macedonia beat Italy 1 0. Um, they scored in the 92nd minute, although Italy was were totally dominating the game. And this shows how, you know, it really solidifies how unpredictable football is. Italy had 32 shots 
out of which five was on target. So they had a very poor conversion rate. They had 66% possession. And North Macedonia had four shots on target, out of which two were, uh, sorry, four shots out of which two were on target uh, with 34% possession. So from the reports, reading the match reports, it seems like Italy was bombarding North Macedonia, but they couldn't find a way through. And North Macedonia just, you know, sneaked the goal in the 92nd minute to progress to the next stage to face Portugal. Whereas Italy have been, knocked, uh, have been out of the World Cup, for the second consecutive World Cup. Uh, what a shock result. Any thoughts? Yeah, uh, this again, I feel like every time we talk about a football match, I'll always bring up the same line over and over again. This feels like a FIFA match altogether. It was yeah. fully dominant. <laughs> team that was shocked by a team that was that didn't have much possession, they didn't have that had fewer shots. Um congratulations actually. I feel like whatever we say, even though it's a shock result for Italy, North Macedonia deserves its credits to stay back, stay deep, uh, block as many shots as possible, and then hurt Italy where it hurts them the most uh, by clearly scoring it in 90 plus minute to have a winner and set up an interesting tie with Portugal. Um, just looking at the other matches uh, previously, why, why did Italy have to go into the knockout stages was the fact that they had a couple of draws against Switzerland. And there was a quote from Jorginho, uh, Italy's famous penalty taker, where he said that clearly right now he is, the word that he's used for is haunted for life by the missed penalties in the matches against Switzerland for the World Cup qualifiers. And rightly so. I feel like if you are the best penalty taker in your country, you should be... Okay, but of course, I'm being a bit too harsh to him, saying he's human, like he's human, he's, he can make mistakes. But um, yeah, he's clearly hurt by it. Uh, the, he takes full responsibility for it. And all the best to Italy for next World Cup qualifier. Stephen, thoughts? Yeah, I think uh, I think they, they uh, you know yeah congratulations are in order for to to North Macedonia. I mean like they have been performing very well since qualifying for the Euros, and you know now they are in the World Cup qualifier finals. You know to qualify for the Qatar twenty twenty two World Cup. Um, but then again, it's, it's quite shocking to 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 to, to put the context. Um, uh, uh, Italy, you know, 2006 World Cup winner will not be in the next World Cup, and then um, they are actually absent in the 2018 World Cup as well. So there was a, a stat that say that by the time that Italy can qualify for the next World Cup, which is the 2026 World Cup, they will have been um, not in the World Cup for 12 years. Yeah, and like what would they say about the Jorginho's miss penalty? Probably the hop, skip, and kick method is not the best method to take a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> why? Because it, that's how Bruno takes penalty, is it? <laughs> I mean, it. Of course, clearly that's what. But I mean, it. It. It's a pretty douchey thing to do, but it confuses the goalkeeper most of the times, and most of the times, the uh, the fact that you can see where the goalkeeper is going to dive, um, it put an advantage towards the penalty taker. So that's why I, I think that it's a good idea to hop, skip and shoot. 
Okay. Ajay, what are your thoughts on that? Mm. Practice techniques. Yeah, I mean, I I want to side with today here. Although it, it does come with a caveat. Uh, I think it does work 90% of the time. But yeah, uh, because with this technique, you can't generate as much power. Uh, if the goalkeeper figures out your technique balance, then I mean, it's, it's easier for the keeper to save. Uh, whereas with penalties, like how Mo Salah takes a penalty or you know how Wayne Rooney used to take a penalty, how Cristiano Ronaldo takes a penalty, um, there is the power, and it's it's harder for the goalkeeper to save. Although although I I would say the Jorginho and Bruno Fernandes technique has resulted in a higher success rate, so I can't really argue against that. Although when Jorginho started taking uh, the way he took, uh, of, of course, like what said, it is a for to the goalkeepers, but it is what it is. I, I guess it worked most of the time, and the two most I guess most important times <laughs> in recent times it didn't work for him. And yeah. Okay. All right. Anyways, yeah, let's let's move on. Like okay, see when you were saying something about Jorginho. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, all in all, I'm 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 quite um how to say I, you know that in international football I'm I'm a bit neutral. I'm I'm more of a neutral party. Yeah. I don't support mm-hmm. any of the country. So so to see Italy uh, knocked out of the World Cup, it's a bit sad. I mean, like, uh, all due respect to North Macedonia, I don't know their players. Yeah. So, so I, I would have preferred... <laughs> I think he retired already. Like. Oh, yeah. really? oh, I okay. didn't see him in the lineup yesterday. Okay. I mean, you guys are forgetting the most famous uh, North Macedonian player. Uh, Elioski, who plays I, for Leeds actually, United. Yep, yep. Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> I was yes, just about yes, to say that. that yeah. yes. and then, uh, but we, we need to start uh, remembering, or at least getting to know the players if, let's say, they go to the World Cup and, you know, we have to do a World Cup episodes uh, special in the future. So let's let's start doing a bit more research. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope Portugal beats them so that we don't need to learn uh, about all their players. <laughs> But but I mean, if they do beat Portugal, what a fairy tale story! They would have knocked out Italy and Portugal two heavyweights. Oh yeah, clearly, that will be something to talk about. That for yeah. sure. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. Currently, the best Portuguese striker in Premier League right now is Diogo Jota. By goals and assists, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you sound very. That that sounds like a very like. Uh... Controversial statement, Stephen. But, but I mean, I mean to be fair, to be fair, you're comparing a peak Hugo Jota to a 37 year old Cristiano Ronaldo, so it's hardly a fair comparison. Yeah. Well, at the start of season, you you would expect them to, you know, you would expect Ronaldo to be better than Jota, right? Um, yes, uh, I would have, but. I still don't expect Ronaldo to score as many as he did during his peak. And definitely props to Jota as well. I also do not expect him to score as many as he has done. Especially given that in recent times, uh, he has not started as much. Uh, I think Luis Diaz has started some of the games over him as well. So yeah, definitely congratulations to Diego Jota. Very fantastic player. And uh, yeah, I mean, just, he just, just he to put it in context. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To put it in context for everyone who's not really uh, aware of what happened, I guess Portugal beat Turkey 3 um, 1. Yeah. And Stevens really talking about Diego Jota's goal that 
occurred during that. One of the three goals as well, right? Yes. Um, I, yes. So, I mean, he's good. Is he better than Ronaldo overall? I mean, clearly not. Tell that to the number of Ballon d'Or Ronaldo's won. Wow, wow. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. So, I think I'm done here. <laughs> yeah, I'm done here as well. <laughs> okay. All right. I think we can wrap it up here. Um, thank you. No. Sorry, Stephen. Nothing. Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> thank you, fellow listeners, for listening in on our latest episode. Um, I mean, having talked about the World Cup, we can't wait for the World Cup as well. Just as the Euros, we hope to have uh, frequent episodes during the World Cup, uh, where we'll have discussions of post-match. Uh, probably pre-match as well about the group stages predictions probably have some guests over and things like that um, and once again thank are you referring to Cedric sorry yeah are you referring to Cedric yeah please uh, yeah. I mean I mean not just Cedric we, we haven't decided like, like, who are the guests you're going to have <laughs> okay but All right, the yeah. most common guest the most yeah. common <laughs> consistent once, once again thanks to to our I mean for appearing on yet another episode uh, and yeah, we need to get those contact dots again. Yeah, really, really. Let's start like putting more content first, and then we'll start thinking about the World Cup. And thanks again to Stephen as well as uh, my co-host for joining this episode to talk about no Liverpool versus Man City, to talk about Bruno Fernandez' contract renewal, and also to talk about the shock that was North Macedonia uh, putting Italy out of the World Cup uh, 2022. Thank you, fellow listeners, and see you next time. And also, not forgetting Stephen's controversial take of Diego Jota being better than <laughs> <in the> wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take uh, care, guys. Bye bye. Yeah.